I will never understand for the God of me why at a public restaurant, really anywhere public, how come in the bathroom when I'm sitting on the toilet, there is a long ass meter to watch me in my most vulnerable moment. Let me tell you a true story. Um, I went to a Taco Bell. Problem number one, <clears throat> which is odd that their bathroom would be specialized for this, right? And I've noticed this even at my gym, and it seems like all public places now, they have it set up where you're sitting on the toilet, and then there's a long mirror. We're staring right back at you with your pants pulled down, right? It's not exactly the moment I want to see my full body in full effect. Because it's like, you know, I don't know what's weirder. Having the thing you're staring straight at is the mirror, is a long mirror to watch, no pun intended, to watch the shit you're going through. Or... To be sitting on toilet and have be the door where if someone walks in on you, it's all there. Because I've had that happen a few times. Why can't we just design the bathroom to be normal? Why does it have to be, I have to watch myself take a shit? What happened to where it's just a sink and then you have the mirror above? Where it's like, I may see the top of my head. I may see myself straining, spraining. That's why you stretch before you, you know, drop these bombs. Um, (laughs) uh, But I I was just sitting there on the toilet and I'm just literally like, I've got to write this in my notes. And this is how I'll tell you how fucked up I am and how committed to content I am that I legitimately wrote in my notes for podcasts ideas sitting on the toilet with mirror to stare back at yourself dot 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 in parentheses a sad image yes it's a very sad image because nothing's weirder than when you stand up your pants are down and you know there is this type of trendy thing is it normal to wipe your ass while standing up or is that one of those things that should always you should not sit up from the toilet until you are clean you know look we're in america we don't have these heated squirting water up our ass toilets to clean it for us so in order for us to get full range of motion back there you do have to stand up i don't care how weird it looks if you're in an isolated bathroom where the door is locked make sure the door is locked Rule number one, Um, because 15% of the time of these places, these locks don't work. All right. I don't care what anyone says. Um, It's okay to stand up because, you know, to get the real lower part of the, I don't know how else to put it, the anus, um, to increase, no pun intended, maximum coverage of security to wipe cleanly. You have to stand up as a guy. It may be weird because you're angling your elbows kind of back to, you know, you don't want to dig too far deep because 
if you find out you enjoy it, you've opened a can of worms. And hopefully, it's not actual tapeworm. Um, <laughs> when you're in these establishments, there's a good chance you're probably going to get tapeworm. But, you know, I just don't understand the whole long mirror. It's like one of those mirrors that if you're at home about to go uh, for the ladies, you're about to go out for a night out to attract, you know, these uh, stud muffins. It's one of these long mirrors that you look at to make sure you get your full figure. Maybe you have one of those mirrors that they have at these department stores where they are designed to make you look better. You know, I think they're called, it sounds like it's an illegal thing, but it's not. Where they put things in mirrors to make you appear to look better. Whether it's skinnier, curvy, thicker. Um, <laughs> imagine there's just some guy that's controlling the mirror. The way it's like, ah, this person's looking in the mirror. Let's shape the mirror to their curves, right? Only if it would do that, you know, for us guys when we're looking in the mirror to... Below the Orion's belt. And uh, it's like, hey, guy that's stalking through the mirror, can you give me a little extra curve? Because she's having trouble with the curve. Um, <laughs> well, my name is Clint. And Eastwood did direct the film, Trouble with the Curve. Or he was in it. Might as well have directed it. When you're Clint Eastwood to that status... You can just say you directed any movie you're in past the age of 70 because you're barely there. You're barely mentally there when you're acting, right? But yeah, I don't know. I guess the whole point of all that is... Can I just like... You don't have to... like We have this exception to looking at ourselves doing things. The gym is a whole different issue. At least there's a reason. You're trying to see your gains... You're trying to see your progress, you know, you're trying to see what you're doing, you know, for form. I don't need to see the form of how I'm shitting. Like, you know, sometimes my knees are more outward, sometimes they're inwards. <laughs> I said inwards. Um, <laughs> inwards, you know, like acute angles, not, you know, the letter N words. I don't know why I have to clarify that. <laughs> That's so bad. Your knees are inwards, okay? I-N-W-A-R-D-S, all right? I don't need to see. My legs will go numb. Like, you know, you tilt forward, your thighs will go numb. You get the, if you're sitting for too long, you're a little too comfortable, your feet are going to start tingly. Um, you might be feeling a tingly sensation. And uh, <laughs> I can tell you, it ain't from the grilled cheese burrito coming through. But yeah. Yeah. That's all I got. Welcome to episode 261 of the Off Beat Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. <laughs> Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Most important, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Don't forget to suck some titties. Yeah. But, you know, you're probably shitting bricks because you're not really consuming the right products you know you're not getting your vitamins you're not getting your nutrients um well let me help you with that how about you try this product called my magic mind i almost fucked up the name it's only the sixth time i've done this sponsor why don't you guys try magic mind uh magic mind is a great nootropic shot driven smoothie looking tasty drink 
I drink it before every episode. Ever since I got, ever since I've started sponsoring this product for the show, I've drink it before every episode. And boy, it is such a better alternative than drinking these caffeine, caffeinated, high energy crash drinks. It's actually, you drink it and you realize, I'm good. It's potent. You don't need a whole lot to feel good. One or two shots of it, you're good to go for the day. Um, now, support the boy. There'll be a link bl- below the episode description. Uh, I'll have the sponsor link, which is www.magicmind.com slash offenbw. And then I'll have my sponsor code that you guys can use. Yes, the name of the show. It's actually sponsor code. Um, if you use the sponsor code, you'll get up to 56% off your subscription for the next 10 days with my code. And your code, my code specifically, will be valid forever as a 20% off for both a one-time purchase and subscriptions. So basically, 20% off for a one-time purchase, just to try it, essentially. Then if you want to commit to the subscriptions, 56% off when you use my code OFFENBEAT20, O-F-F, the letter N, B-E-A-T-20. I repeat the code O-F-F. N B E A T 20. I'll have it below in the description. You guys could copy paste the description, you know, put it somewhere, save it, and use my code. Guys, take advantage of it. It's a great product. I really enjoy it. It's got a lot of Ashkawanda, Ashkawanda by Copa Manier. It has all natural ingredients along with matcha. Instead of going to Dunkin' to pay seven bucks for one matcha, Invest in some quality matcha, not some bullshit powder you get at these places, right? Make sure you get the real thing. And then you get some shrooms, all right? It's good quality ingredients in there, guys. Just find the link in my description and uh, support the boy. Now back to the episode. Snap. Now we are switching. It's time for a switcheroo. Alright, welcome to episode 261 of the Offbeat Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Most important, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. Yeah. Yeet. Recording this, I technically did a double header today. Um, and I ain't talking about, you know, a double header from the ladies. You know, this ain't softball. I got nothing but hard balls down here with a little cyst magic. Um, <laughs> oh, that's a nice cyst on your ball sack. And you're like, well, well, well. Well, as you know, I could put a few bumps in your road. Uh, uh, is that a chlamydia joke? I don't know. But yeah, recording this at 2 a.m. Yes, I am doing an After Dark Part 2. This is not an After Dark Part 2. That's not what I'm naming the episode, but same type of vibe, you know. I was not exp- I was not expecting to do a second episode today, but, you know, sometimes you feel inspired. You feel motivated, and you're just like, God, I've never been more motivated in my life, you know. Well, I wouldn't say I've never been more motivated, but it's almost like if I don't take advantage of this feeling I've curated for myself today, you know, it's a wasted opportunity, you know. 
you don't want to be that guy that just is a one big wasted opportunity in life, you know? Like like when they talk about retired athletes, someone who didn't maximize their talent. Like, you know, like they're saying about Kadarius Tony right now, wide receiver for the Chiefs. He's like blowing his opportunity. So former first-round pick for the Giants, he basically got traded like after one season. Maybe it was a season and a half, if that. It was just like, bro, like, yes, this dude's fast, but comes with a lot of problems. And he doesn't put his foot behind the line. Um, the Chiefs found out the hard way. And before the Super Bowl in the playoffs, uh, he's kind of going on social media, doing these Twitter, Instagram rants, basically putting in his stories that they're fucking lying on my name. I'm not really hurt. I can play. And the Chiefs are like, well, he's on the injury report. We'll see how he feels. And he's like, no, I'm good. They're trying to lie on my name, this, that, and the other. And I was watching Cam Newton. You know, he has a show on YouTube slash I think it's a podcast. It's actually pretty good. It's really entertaining. Um, and he basically said, bruh, you're fucking up your chance, right? Uh, he's like, I'm not in the league because they're saying, because basically they're saying I'm not good enough to be in the league, whether that's true or not. It's up for debate, but for Kadarius Tony. The issue with him, for example, is that he's causing more trouble than he's worth, right? You don't want to be the guy in life or the person in life that causes more trouble than you're worth. Because once you're more trouble than you produce or what you provide or what we're dealing with, what I've realized a lot of employers, as I was listening to someone, and I forgot who, But he's like kind of, when you kind of start your own business and stuff, he said, 50% of what I uh, kind of dictate of whether I hire someone is whether they are easy to work with. Do they get along with people? Doesn't mean you're not going to have contentious moments. But overall, do you get along with people? He's like, 50% is really... Will you be someone to get along with? 30% of it will be the skill. And then 20% of it, I think he said, was something along the lines of just how much do you care about it, right? And, you know, I care, you know. So, am I easy to get along with? I think I'm pretty easy to get along with. But, yeah. Anyways, but yeah, I realize I watch a lot of YouTube, and I realize I watch way more YouTube than I do actual, like, movies and shows. Like, I have a whole HBO Max subscription. Curb your enthusiasm. I've seen all the Curb memes. I've watched a few episodes. I'm aware of the show. I know how the show is. And yet, I have not sat and actually watched down more than a few episodes. And they're literally had the season, they're having the final season that dropped on HBO Max. And I want to watch it. But I'm more interested in watching what Mike Rowe has to say about four-year college degrees. Or 
watching, you know, some, I don't know, short video of someone making a sandwich at a country club. And, oh, I'm not a cook. I'm I'm not a chef. I'm a cook. But you have to say you're a chef in order to, you know, project and kind of manifest that you're a chef, right? Like, I'm watching because it's like, I don't think really, in my opinion... I honestly don't really think it's just because people have short attention spans. I don't think it I don't think that's the reason specifically of why people don't sit down and watch movies. I don't think that's why people don't really binge watch TV shows. I think the appeal of really of why more people are into shorter content, YouTube and podcasts is because I think We just like variety. We like a buffet of things. We're obese motherfuckers when it comes to consuming shit. Sometimes from a food standpoint. But we're obese in terms of the variety of what we can have at any moment. Sometimes it's like I want to watch like 15 minutes of this. And then I switch over to something else. And I want to come back to it 30 minutes later. It's like if you go to a Chinese buffet... You don't want to just, for two hours straight, just get nothing but sesame chicken. You know? And I think the beauty of, like, podcasts is if you're listening to, like, a two or three hour conversation, typically they're going to talk about one thing for eight minutes, another for a couple, transition some, and it's a way to keep you stimulated. Where a movie, it's one continuous story. And sometimes it's a great change-up. Like, I actually have been... At least once a week, not been forcing myself, but make an exerted effort to watch the set time to just shut everything, not shut everything off, but hook up my laptop on the big screen the one time a week, like I'm a fucking kid on some type of restriction. And I just decide I am going to dedicate and just relax and watch a movie. And typically that's been Rocky. I watched Rocky 4 last night. The actual one with Drago. Where he actually, you know, killed Apollo or whatever. Now, I fell asleep like right before Rocky was about to fight him in the ring because I was tired. And I woke up, I'm like, fuck, you know. I watched like the whole part of training in Russia, all that cool shit. I love the montages of training. I don't know what it is. It's inspiring. And I realize I enjoy the change-up of just watching something that's a continuous thing that you're just following. There's no stress involved. There's no, I don't need to be extra. This is a movie made in 1985, I think it said. A movie from 1985. It's not some crazy uh, graphics, not some crazy. It's just good movie. From a action standpoint, good storytelling, dialogue, hour and a half movie. Interesting, captivating, some cheesiness, but interesting. And it's just one story. It didn't need a bunch of bells and whistles. And I think what that proved to us, and maybe I'm just someone that's more adapted to I like listening and watching stuff that's longer form. I'm a little bit older. I don't need to watch a bunch of TikTok or shorts. And I think what it showed, it's not really... 
I think we all, the change up is always, there's always a zig to zag. When there's something trending, we secretly always just once in a while want to feel the other side. We, we want to feel everything. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> speaking of feeling everything. So, and with that being said, we want to feel everything. And like I came across this video from Vice. Um, you know, they do those Vice um, on Vice, they do this kind of the truth about fill in the blank. Typically, it's about like truth about cults, the truth about uh, being a spa worker, the truth about being, uh, you know, uh, a butler for a billionaire. Some the the truth about working on a yacht. What really goes on? Typically, it has to do with, like, sex orgies, drug dealing, blah, blah, blah. You know, the good stuff. And this one had to do about what it's like going to sex clubs, right? And I've never had a desire to go to a sex club at any point in my life, you know. I don't see the appeal of going to a place with nasty-ass people. Not that people that want to go to these places are nasty, but you get more than 20 or 30 people together trying to do something nasty. Some nasty shit's going to happen. Someone's getting something. I'm not talking about disease. I'm talking about someone's feeling, someone's going to be left out. That's the issue with these sex club orgies, I would assume, you know. And the way they're describing it, they're always, they describe like, you know, you have swingers, you have old men that wouldn't, it's mostly thin, white, frail white dudes typically people of different ethnicities and races it's not really the scene for them they're not really accepted i don't know what that means but it's like you typically have to be just a normal attractive person to be let in and if you're not if you're like some 60 year old dude you have to be there you have to bring some young you know you have to bring some young stuff with you not necessarily underage but you know like a 19-year-old Thailand girl. Um, <laughs> might be a girl. Um, but the way this person that's you know wearing a mask and describing it to protect their identity is she gave, I think it was a she, she gave an example where she was, you know, playing, having fun while people are all around. By the way, apparently a thing is it is rude as well, this was in Britain, uh, Birmingham specifically, to wink, which basically means to jerk off while making eye contact while other people commit acts. It's considered rude, and you will immediately get banned from that sex club. I'm like, that's where you draw the line? <laughs> Some guy just making eye contact with you, masturbating, and that's like, hey, have some ethics around here. It's like, there's only 22 people on these three futons just doing X, Y, and Z. And this guy just wants to give people space and just like, well, I'm not a part of this. Boom, boom, boom. It's like, now we have like some crazy moral ethics. I don't know. Seemed a little extreme. It's always weird when these open thinness things, we have to create these boundaries of ethics. It's like a guy beating off, making eye contact with someone who's getting... Railed by one person, fingered by another, getting p- 
pissed in the face by another, but him staring at you while he's beaten off eight feet away. That's where we draw the line? Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry. I guess I don't understand safe spaces that well. But the way she described it, it's like, the issue is like swingers, people that are like newly into it. It's exciting and fun. And a guy and a girl will go there together. They could be married or be together. He's They're literally next to each other. He's doing something to one person. She's laying down. She was getting something from her. But she wasn't, you could tell she wasn't present. She was focused on what he was doing. And you tell she's feeling uncomfortable. But there's this pressure that if he pays for both of their entries, she's got to enjoy her experience and not bother him or ruin his experience or creates this weird thing where it's like, she just got to pretend she's okay with it. It's like, what do you, like, what do you think was going to happen? <laughs> what did you think was how you were going to feel when you're going there with your partner and you go to a open sex club? Like, what do you think? think you're going to be watching them doing like if I pay look if I was swinging right if me and a lady we were into swinging which the only thing I'm swinging around is these elbows <laughs> because my sh- I'm getting so thick that I can't even walk through door frames um <laughs> uh, but um yeah, it's just like, I, I hate when people like go to environments and they are surprised when the environment is very uncomfortable. It's like, what like what did you think it was going to be? I don't know. But I found, I found the video fascinating. It's like the inside world of what happens at these taboo situations, these taboo places. You know, I don't even know if like, is that stuff legal? Like, obviously, it's legal. Is it, like, one of those things where, like, it's a club? They don't identify as that, but it's just kind of, like, understood. It's like when strip clubs kind of turn into, hey, for 100 bucks, go upstairs and she'll, uh, you know, make you lose your 19-year-old virginity, you know? I'm not saying from experience. I'm just saying I know what happens, Okay. Where it's like, you see the cops are there, they're enjoying themselves, they know what's happening, it's technically illegal, but if they get some free drinks and stuff, they don't say anything, you know, welcome to Metro Atlanta. Um, (laughs) But I don't think you could just go in the Google and just type in sex clubs near me. I mean, I wouldn't even want to put that in my search engine. But now that I've said it out loud and my phone's nearby, it's going to be like any type I type in to search for seahorses. By the time I type in SE, SE is going to be like sex clubs near me. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to be like, no, I'm, I read this not be in my recent searches. Um, this is not going to be a good look. Um <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, even though I've actually been told about this stuff, you know, and typically I'm going to be honest, most people that go to these sex clubs are really into like just 
they, they just like to do drugs. And it doesn't mean they do drugs while they're there. But every person that I've been in a close capacity with, whether it's just passed by, ex-co-workers. Like, you know, I've worked with, you know, you work certain jobs. You, you're around people of all types of life. It's just a reality, you know. And I've heard people that, you know, they do X, Y, and Z every day. They do a shitload of different type of drugs of some sort. They're into a certain lifestyle. Life gets a little bit boring. They're broke as hell all the time. And they just need something to feel excited about. And apparently these things aren't really that expensive. And then when you're close enough to the scene downtown, you can find anything, right? And... I was actually invited to one of these things. This was way, way younger. I mean, I was probably like 22, 23-ish. You know, I was invited to go to one of these things. Now, I had a girlfriend at the time. So, it was not going to happen. But, did I think about inviting my girlfriend to it? No. <laughs> no. Um... <laughs> The personalities of us would not, it's just not one. I think there's a personality aspect to it. I don't know how that, see, this is how you know this is a crazy ass podcast. One episode, I'm talking about John Delaney, (laughs) the guy on the Ramsey Network, and now I'm talking about sex clubs. It just goes to show you can find anything you want on this podcast. This podcast is really just like a one big Costco warehouse. You can buy anything you want in bulk here. Um,. But, you know, I don't know. I just don't, me personally. I think it's not the shame, the lifestyle, right? I'm all about living your best life, right? I just think that sex clubs are cheap out to actually. I don't think you can count sex clubs as a like you caught a body. I hate to use the term. You caught a body. You know, like yeah, you know, like you went on Forty Third Street in Chicago or whatever, or the G Block. Like I caught a body. It's like I don't think you can really count a sex club as part of your body count. If that's something that you're obsessed with, tell them. Like you can't add four people to your body count resume if it happened at a sex club because you know there was no effort to be put into right. Like, it's not, like, for example, like, you can't really count something as a view or a subscriber if you, like, took someone's phone and just pressed the subscribe button on their phone for your channel or something like that, for an example. Or you just, like, what is it called? When they have those troll, when they have those troll farms or those streaming farms where they just simulate plays, but no one's actually playing. They just have, like, 85 phones hooked up to these robot mechanical shit that's keeping shit going like you can't really count it as a real view or a real subscriber or a real engagement you can't count a sexual engagement a sex club a real sexual engagement because there was no real pure uh intention there was no real skill that it took to you know capture her soul you know it's like she was already loosened up. Like, you did nothing to loosen her up. And, you know, you did nothing to prime his pump up. Like, you know, everyone came prepared there to do one thing. And that is just, who's ever here, 
you're in the clear. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> take a CPR class. Oh, someone's gonna need a CPAP. Was it a CPAP machine? Where uh, you just, you know, do CPR on someone mechanically or electrically because everyone's ODing on the Molly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, and you know, it's like, there's going to be people like, oh, you just don't understand. That's just ignorant to say, you don't know what happens. It's actually a very real courting process. It's like, all right, you could pretend to have a little small talk for 10 minutes, get to know someone, but you know, you already know what each other's interests are. So I don't think you're really reinventing the wheel, but yeah. Anyways, going to move on. We're going to go back to PG appropriate show. So, uh, would you ever go to an amusement park? And if someone paid you $1,000 on a ride that wasn't working, would you climb up to the highest part of that ride? I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying right now. Sorry. You know, sometimes you get like notifications or emails or some shit in the middle while you're doing something. And it throws you completely fucking off. And you don't know why. That's what happened. But yeah. Um, you know, I want to just, you know, I might start doing. I really want to like. I'm just going to start throwing random requests out there. Like. Like. I was thinking about like. There's a YouTuber slash fitness influencer. That would have no business to want to come on a channel. With as little amount of uh, subscribers and views as I get at this point. Compared to them. But they seem like such a noble decent person. That I think if they had the time. They read the email. They might just be like fuck it. Because you know what's weird is like, sometimes you're so into what you do and your circle of your interests that you think that everything you watch or everyone that you watch that you're entertained by, that you are a consumer of, you think they all, I think we all think that everyone we watch and everyone that watches us, we just all like the same things because we just watch and listen to this one specific thing, this aspect of a person. And it's weird because, like, I, I watch this fitness influencer named Max Taylor. He's a natural bodybuilder. Well, now he's, like, a bodybuilder because he's actually, like, competed in shows. He's a natural. Uh, he's working on getting his IFBB Pro card. And to be honest, I don't really watch fitness content that much anymore. Like, last year, for a good six-plus months, I was, like, Every video, every Sunday, all these other ones, these Alex Eubanks, and I've actually never watched Sam Solar, but, you know, just across the board, you watch enough of these fitness influencers, because it was during a time where I was working out pretty hardcore, excessively, enjoying it, really into it. I still work out, but it's at more of like a hobby-ish now. It's not like this full commitment, you know. I'm more of just like a maintaining, focused on other stuff. 
but I'm still working out. So I guess that's why like my interests of what I'm focusing on typically gravitates to what we consume. So maybe that's why I don't consume as much fitness. But I've really thought about just like sending him an email or something. Be like, I would like to interview you for my podcast. Not because of the views specifically, all that stuff. I generally just would like to talk to someone that's in that space that like it's something different than what I think, right? I enjoy his videos and I've never seen him on a podcast. Maybe I've never looked if he's been, but I would feel like he's in my algorithm. If he was on some podcasts, I would have seen him by now. If he has, it's maybe been one or two or some interviews. But I would like to have him like just a full, just like unedited, unfiltered, unleashed. And you know what? I would actually prepare for it because I would feel like an idiot if I didn't prepare for something like that. Um, sometimes pressure causes preparation or is it preparation eases pressure when pressure is applied. And when pressure is applied, the booty is obliged. Mary J, um, <laughs> which he does quite a bit at the end of his videos. And comes on the show, I'll promote your pre-workout. How about that? Not that me promoting it is going to do a whole lot for him. But send a pre-workout out. I'll try it. I Hopefully I get wrecked. Huh? Get it? All right. But, yeah. I'm going to start just like influencers, people that I watch, people that I enjoy. Just like, fuck it. Because sometimes I'll see people I like. And they'll do smaller shows. And I think it's just because sometimes it's like, hey, it's something different for them. They're tired. I think a lot of people, they get to a certain level. Like, whether it's comedians, fitness people. Unless it's like the biggest of the biggest. You know, they're going to do the modern wisdoms. They're going to do the, uh, obviously, the Rogans or Flagrant, if they get to that. Or they're going to do some, like, even now, like a George Janko podcast. You know, they're going to do the podcast like it's going to be such a mat. It's going to be such a reach in terms of audience. They reach. They would be stupid not to do it. But I, sometimes the bigger the show, they all can kind of blend in together. It's it's like I think sometimes it's like the Mark Normans of the world. And I know I talk about him a lot, but he may not do it as much anymore. But I remember like. You know, before he got, like, really, really big. This dude was just doing every and any podcast. Because he even said he looked as, like, every chance is a opportunity to get one more fan. Or one more person. One more ticket. Spending 50 minutes on some person's podcast that has 500 subscribers. Just because they asked. It's like, why not? I have 50 minutes. I can carry the show, blah, blah, blah. It's like, they're just asking me questions, you know, and it's a win-win situation. And I think sometimes it's just like, I think sometimes when you get to a certain level, sometimes it's nice to just be like, you know what? I just want to do something simple. Something that doesn't have crazy stakes of, because I do believe there is a pressure. Like when you start getting all these bigger podcasts, you don't want to bomb. You don't want to. Not be prepared. You don't want to look stupid. You don't want to be 
like a fish out of water in a sense or a squid out of the fish tank and i think sometimes like it's low pressure it's like what maybe like eight thousand people are gonna view this video in like three months it's like it's more than they'll ever get but for me it's like it's not gonna be enough if it's not the greatest show ever it's not gonna matter that much like I've got two successful podcasts. I got a great career, all this stuff. Like it does, it's whatever. And I think it's just like it looks as more like it's just some fun. And it probably makes them feel good. It's like when you give someone money or you give charity in some way, it makes you feel good. There's a selfish aspect. Like, you know what? I did them a favor. So I might just start asking. Just send like, hey, wanna do my show? And They'll probably be like, YouTube, block this guy's channel. How the fuck is he at the audacity? <laughs> but that's also weird. Like, is it weirder to reach out to someone for them to come on your show or for you to go on their show? I think it's always like, I think the more normal things like, hey, would you like to come on my show? Because like you're basically saying, hey, come on my show. I'll do the preparation. I'll do the work. I'll interview you. You just come in and show up. And it's like, typically if you have someone come on your show, more likely there's a appeal that I'm providing something to you as well. Like I have the balls to ask you to come on my show because I may do some type of interview you've never been part of or some type of show you've never been part of or I maybe my... Audience is a lot bigger than yours at the moment. And this is a great opportunity. But I think you're great. And I think I can expose you to a different audience. Whereas like if you ask to go on someone's show. That has a bigger audience than you. And you don't really know the person that well. They're just going to look at you and be like. Oh you're just using me for my audience. You're just kind of fame hungry. You're just kind of trying to get some popularity for your own sake, but you're not really doing much for us unless you're actually like really good at what you do. Unless you're going to bring something to our show that's never been done or the funniest motherfucker, the most entertaining or the most knowledgeable person. And I thought, you know, it's always weird. Like it's always weird for me to ask to be on, like you always want to feel invited to someone because it's always going to be a better experience when someone's like, cause they thought about you, you know, they thought about, wow, this person would be fucking amazing here. Or this would be interesting. It's like, you didn't like, hey, let me come on. Come on, man. I'll be great. And then they're like, all right, fine. And then you go there and then yeah, shit their toilet seat. And they see you standing up while wiping. And they're like, oh, this is who the fuck I just invited to my house? Okay. Big mistake But, you know, maybe, um, maybe part of me is the reason why I haven't asked because maybe I don't feel like I'm ready to have a guess. And I was really thinking about this earlier. This is a weird, just like open thought train I'm having going on right now is that I literally saw like, obviously I'm not. Bill Burr, I would never say something like that. That's insanity. But to see like how he'll just casually once in a while do guests. And when he does a guest, that's when he posts on the YouTube, right? It's like he doesn't force. He only has guests on that 
it's not a guest dependent podcast. It doesn't feel like it's just a oh we gotta have this guest and some of these podcasts are too scheduled. They're too planned. They're just like oh when I have my guest every Friday, we post at twelve p.m. and you know everyone gets the same show. It's like I like the feeling of he can just do a show for thirty minutes solo rant about X, Y, and Z, talk about what happened that weekend, and it's entertaining. Or he could do an hour and 50-minute interview with John Lovitz. It's like, it's kind of odd, never expected, but there's an appeal that he even interviewed Adam Driver. And it's not every week, it's not every, it's just like, whenever I get a guest I want to talk to, this is what we do. That's the type of show I want, where it's just like, it's my, I don't have to worry, I'm not reliant on guests, but... I tracked where guests want to come on, and it's something different. It's a change-up for the audience, and it's nice, you know. That is, I, I know I've said it for like almost eight months now. There will be a guest soon, all right? Because I do have a couple people that like, hey, they want to come on. It's just about, you know, timing, setting the stuff up, not having it interfere with Valentine's. Um <laughs> And Jesus, like, February is a busy-ass month. I got two birthdays to worry about. Not worry about, but, you know, I got two birthdays to be mindful of. Valentine's. It's a short month. Damn, I didn't even think about that. It's a short fucking month. Damn, I'm not going to get five paychecks this month. That's the broke boy talk. Man, I'm only going to get four paychecks and not five like I thought. Oh, man. But it is leap year. Get that extra day. Yep. <sighs> you give me something to podcast about. By the way, I just want to say I appreciate the recent engagement on the show. Um, I've been saying that a lot recently, but it's nice to see. Things are starting to go in the right direction. That's all we want to see. We are creatures of progress. It's like the analogy I've given before. I think I gave it three or four episodes ago, but any for the new listeners and uh, viewers, whichever you happen to fall in line with, no pun intended. It's like we just want to feel like the line is moving. It's not about it being, it could literally be making no progress, essentially. Like, just because people are moving up the line, you know, like someone, you're at a t- pickup place or a coffee shop. Someone takes one order, then they go make the order. But just the fact that they move to the sign, the next person moves up, and then there's this chain effect of seven people moving three feet ahead of where they were before every couple, two to three minutes. You're still going to wait 20 minutes till you actually place your order. But just the fact your body's moving. You're not getting anxious. You're not getting frustrated. You're not getting nervous looking down your phone. Awkward looking around like, what the fuck? Like, should I just go do something else? Should I just go, you know, slip my nose off? I can't smell anyways, you know? Um, (laughs) But it's just the feeling of progress. The... It's almost like the illusion of progress. Because even when not really any substantial progress is really being made, but the feeling of progress is enough to make you lie to yourself that everything's okay. You know? It's that type of thing. Um, And then that's why there's this whole trend 
about quote unquote quitting YouTube, right? I'm a podcaster. I'm not really a YouTuber. I post on YouTube. I think they're two different things. It's like YouTube is like where you dedicate specific stylized videos. But then again, if you post on YouTube, you technically are a YouTuber. You can't say, you know, you can't say you're not a masonry if you don't. You can't say, hey, I'm not a masonry. It's like, yeah, but you're doing masonry stuff. You're, you know, doing masonry stuff. I don't know how else to put it. Um, <laughs> It's like, I'm not in the app business. I just kind of designed the template for people to, you know, I created an app so people can make their own apps, you know. And it's like, so you're in the app business. Like, no, I created the template for your apps so more people can make apps. Okay, so you'll, so you'll. Are you in the all you can eat appetizers? Like, no, no, I create apps. It's like, all right, man. It's all these technical. But yeah. I'm in the business of oh yeah, what was I talking about? Um God damn it, Clint. Fuck shit, kneecaps. Ah, someone just punched my knee right now. So I can just knee my stomach. Uh, knees and toes. Good knee flexibility for these hoes. Keep it on the down low. Um, God damn it. I really did forget what I was talking about. It's fine. Uh, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Damn, I need to do my taxes. Um, <laughs> I'm a terrible self-snitcher, you know. I'm, you know, I may be one of those guys that, like, I'm probably not who you want if you're trying to keep a secret, you know, together, you know. I'm not out here snitching on something, but it may come out in different ways, and then people like, and I'll be like, oh, I didn't even realize I said something like that, you know. That's why, like, you know, we need, I'm just tired of being the guy the whole people's secrets, you know. I haven't had the whole people's secrets in a while, but secrets just make life stressful, you know. Ever been around the guy that he tells you everything he doesn't tell his girlfriend, but he tells you everything that's wrong with him and his girlfriend and how they fight, they stress, they argue. You know, she keeps fucking his brother, you know. And he just doesn't know what to do with it. You're just like, I I think you're saying, you're saying exactly. He's like, yeah, but you know, sometimes love is hard. You just got to work through it. And you're like, no, you don't. You actually don't have to work through it. You do the opposite. You actually work away from it, you know. Sometimes it's okay to... Reverse, reverse. Um, but, you know, we all just want to work through it. And it's a nauseating. When people, like, want your advice, you give them your advice, you tell them the obvious, and they're just like, yeah, I hear you, but, you know, I just, I guess I just got to keep trying. I just got to keep pushing forward. It's like, well, you know what, man? They keep pushing forward. 
and keep keep pushing me away to never fucking help you with anything, you know. They're the type of people you can give them the manual of how to put you can give them the manual of how to put a dresser together. Give them all the tools, all the X, Y, and Z. All they have to do is slide a couple covers, screw a couple shit up, and they're like, yeah, I appreciate, you know, you gave me the template, you gave me the tools, you even laid it out perfectly for me, but, you know, I just think that, you know, um, I just think that I should just do something different, and you're like, you know what, man, fine, put it together, then two years from now, when it collapses on your foot, when you're pulling out the underwear, go ahead, I don't care, it's your Tommy John's, not mine, um, then when you have a broken foot, swells up, and then you have to cut it off and amputate it because 800 pounds of just pure wood just dropping on your foot. Fine, go the fuck ahead. Don't take my advice. And then when you go through surgery, come out of it, and your insurance doesn't cover because you're like, eh. When people told you like, yeah, you should probably get insurance, and you're like, yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to, I don't think I need insurance. You're like, all right, bud. It was offered through your job for like 20 bucks a week. But you know what? Fine. Do what the fuck you want. And then when you can't afford to pay it, just be like, you know what? I just I just think I won't pay. It's like, fine, man. Then when you go uh, crazy amount of debt, the debt collector comes seven years later. They throw you in jail because you refuse to pay it. They garnish your wages. They take all your assets away. Then what? Then you're going to be in jail from... You're going to be speaking in front of a jury, speaking in front of a judge. You'll be like, so what's going to be your payment plan, sir? And you're just be like, you know what? I actually don't believe in payment plans. I think I'm going to do something different. And they're like, yeah, you know what? You're right. Then you're going to use tax dollars. You're going to be in jail. Get relinquished on your financial records. And then guess what? It's going to be passed down on your loved ones. Because you didn't want to pay for your shit. You didn't want to. Learn how to just put your dresser together. And it all started when you could have just put your dresser together. So, more of all that is, is just, sometimes, just read the instruction manual. Um, but yeah. <sighs> Pure life. Pure hoes. Sex clubs. Is where they all go. No shade. Unless it's in the shade room. (laughs) Where's my ball sack? Going where? The eyes groom. Nice eyelashes. Um, (laughs) Alright. I think I'm going to wrap it up there. Should have wrapped it up in the club. Soda. Uh, Love in this club. I forgot the usher's doing the halftime show. His, by the way, his his NPR Tiny Desk concert. I admit, I still replay that shit every couple weeks. Probably the best Tiny Desk concert I've ever heard. I haven't listened to many, but it's definitely better than most of the ones I've heard. It's weird because people are like, oh, what is he going to do? He's going to do a halftime show that no one's ever done. It's like, he's going to do a medley of his My Way hits. He's going to do the Confessions. He's going to do the Superstar. The 8701 record. You don't have to call. Then he's going to do 
probably like 40 seconds of good good summer walker coming out and then you know he's gonna have just like a medley of 12 songs he's gonna do the justin timberlake thing singing dancing having a great ass band i know they're different artists but i think it's gonna be a similar thing this is going to be a medley of hits. That's the issue. When you have so many fucking hits, you just got to do like 40 second snippets or minute snippets with a bunch of dancing and a routine. And there's nothing wrong with that. Just, uh, you know, bring out Janet Jackson for an honorable mention for maybe this time show the other titty. Because uh, it's all for you. All right. Sorry. All right. That was episode 261 of the Alpha B Podcast with Clint Nelson, this spontaneous podcast. Uh, don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell, most important ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> don't forget to suck some titties. Yeet. Meep, meep. All right. Have a great day, night, morning, evening, and most importantly, um, you know, keep the mirrors out of the bathroom or just keep waist up. I don't need to see what underwear I'm wearing, at, you know, cause then like I'm looking at myself, I'm looking at my calves, looking at my shins and I'm like, do my pants need to be all the way down when I'm shitting? It's like, but then it's also weird. You have it above the knees and you're like, that kind of looks weird too. Like, what am I ashamed of? And it's just like. <sighs> just shit and wipe my ass already. Imagine if we had just chauffeurs out there to wipe your ass. That would be pathetic. But amazingly impressive. Alright. I'll see ya. You do have to call. Because <laughs> I will be alright tonight. Uh, I feel like Usher's been to a few sex clubs. I appreciate he's gotten a lot of good, good. But we still good. Yeah. Love in this club.